Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I would take Justin Fields. And some of that is, you know, like to your point, and I know we talked about this this morning, is that he's just, he is physically dominant. And I know a lot of people say, well, quarterback might be the one position where you don't have to be physically dominant. But wouldn't you rather have that? Like, if, if everything were equal, wouldn't you rather have the guy who was 6'3", 230 pounds, ran a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash, and, oh, by the way, was, I mean, even going back to high school, he was player 1B to Trevor Lawrence's 1A. And I know some recruiting sites even had it flipped where Justin Fields was ranked higher. He's been in the spotlight since he was a sophomore in high school. He's a great leader. And I look at, actually, you know, watching the film and breaking it down, I think there's a misconception about what the Ohio State scheme asked him to do. Oh, man, who is that? I got to feel, is that like the old Alabama quarterback and his name is not coming to mind right now? Who does a lot of the SEC network and the color commentary? Uh, what the heck's his name? Why can't I think of it right now? Uh, I don't think I'm going to get this one. It wasn't like Field Yates or anybody like that. I, I, I think I'm on the right path, but his name escapes me at it, the moment. It was ESPN NFL draft expert Matt Miller. Ah, uh, uh, that was not the, who I was thinking. Of. The who was, Zach Wilson who was I guy. Of? I, you're asking the wrong dude. I'll get it uh, within the next few minutes, but uh, Matt Miller. Okay. I thought we banned Matt Miller from the show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we gave him an ultimatum. I just had to, like, sneak it in, you know? How much uh, you paying you, Coos? Well, you know. Yeah, well, listen. You get your money. Yeah, I hear you, man. Hey, I hear you. Hey, football at five here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 live at Smoothie King down here at Durban. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos along for the ride on the last day of March. And then when we flip the calendar to April and. Boom, it's draft time. I'll tell you what, I was on a couple sales calls today, mm-hmm. and even just, you know, the folks that don't live in the world we live in are just so fired up about, uh, from TV perspective, radio perspective, um, about the season. You know, not necessarily just the draft, but about the season. It, you can really feel it, uh, and it's it's cool. I think the calendar flip in April now makes it a reality. We've been talking about it for so long. But uh, here we go. It's about to get here. Good thing we didn't ban anybody named Eric on the show, because I think Eric's on the show right now on the line. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? Hey, Austin. Hey, Brent. How you guys doing today? Doing good, good man. How you doing? Good, good. Another wonderful day in Jacksonville, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to know real quickly, because um, often I heard you talking about um, pass rushers and whatnot. I want to know what you think about Justin Houston, since Alu went back to Pittsburgh yeah. or whatnot. Uh, what you think about Justin Houston, and would you would you guys give up a, um, a second round pick to get Earth, and a second round pick next year to get Earth from Philadelphia to tie it in? And let me guys know what you think, and I'm gonna get off the air, okay? I appreciate it, man. Thanks, so those sir. are two great questions, two fantastic questions. Justin Houston is a guy that doesn't get a lot of shine. Now he's 32 years old. I played with him in Kansas City. Um, I saw firsthand in terms of the capabilities that this guy can bring to the table. The thing with Justin Houston is that the age is going to throw you for a loop a little bit. But keep in mind here, Bob Sutton 
worked with Justin Houston in Kansas City, got some of his best years out of him in Kansas City. If we go over, you know, his total, let's be honest, I mean, what what are his sack numbers, right? His quarterback sack numbers, because that's the most important thing when we talk about an edge rusher. Uh, he had eight sacks in 2020, 11 sacks in 2019, nine sacks in 2018, and then nine and a half. So he's been consistently getting around the nine to ten range. Um, I know he had that one year where he had 22 sacks back in 2014 for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's definitely appealing. I think he's appealing from the style that he could bring from the outside linebacker spot because Joe Collin likes big guys to stop the run. I compare him to like a Parnell McPhee. Um, and if you watch that Ravens-Titans playoff game last year, Yannick Ngakwe essentially got pulled from the game because the, the goal was to stop the Titans running game and Derrick Henry. So they, they put Parnell McPhee in place of Yannick Ngakwe. Now they sacrificed the pass rushing capabilities of Ngakwe for the run capabilities of Parnell McPhee. I think Justin Houston's to the point of his career where he's still a strong Strong dude, where he can still do both of those things. His numbers, in terms of the, you know the, the the category of sacks, would say that. And I will say this too about Justin Houston as an edge rusher. When you look at edge rushers, the first thing you're gonna look for is the first step, right? Can they still get off the ball? Justin Houston's not going to win any kind of track meets, but that's okay. That's not his style. Justin Houston is a power rusher. He he specializes in, in the bull rush um, and then the stab to rip uh, pass rush moves. The cool thing about those moves is that those can last a little longer in your arsenal. Because whether you're an MMA fighter or you're a football player, the last thing to go in your arsenal and your skill set in your toolbox is your power. Your speed is going to go before your power does. Well, Justin Houston specializes on power. Now, it's got to be for the right price and all this type of stuff before we get ahead of ourselves here. But I think he's definitely got you to at least take a, you know, take a gander at and see what he's asking for. That's interesting. Uh, by the way, Damian Wilson is a chief, former Chiefs linebacker, Dallas Cowboys linebacker. Field Yates reported in the last half hour that he's making a visit to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I don't know if that does anything for you, Austin, but that's just a little bit of news on that same kind of front. Uh, you played with Houston, right? Correct. Uh, what kind of addition would he be? You know, because I've been harping on this all really the last month, ever since free agency. They got a lot older. Uh, what kind of help from that standpoint at 32 years old would he be? I mean, I think from an experience standpoint, obviously there's going to be leadership there. Um, that there's going to be a, a guy who, you know, has spent a lot of time in some pretty great locker rooms in terms of, of defense, and he knows what to look for. Um, you know, I think from the outside linebacker spot, you're going to have a guy who's the strong side, obviously, because he's a bigger body type of guy you're not going to ask him to drop in too much of coverage so you're essentially taking a guy that would play the josh allen role so i don't know if, if he would be a starter you move josh allen to the weak side there's there's some things that you could do there and keep in mind that's going to be on the base packages when you go to the pass rush packages then you can move him to three technique you can have him on the outside you can do a lot of different things but i think from a leadership standpoint um you know he was always a great teammate to me i played alongside him so yeah i, I think it, it could be definitely an intriguing hire but a couple things is he 100 percent healthy i don't have the answer to that um you know is, is his mind still in i'm not sure if he's even you know trying to play football this year even so there's a couple of unanswered questions there but once again having bob sutton as your senior defensive analyst only helps situation in terms of urban meyer trusting somebody to say hey this guy was good for me when he played for me we should maybe take a look at him they'll kick the tires why not potentially uh did we answer both eric's questions no we didn't and then that's the zach Ertz uh question oh, Ertz. i think a second's too much 
Eric. Uh, I I feel like that. Uh, am I wrong? I, I just don't. It sounds like he wants out, right? I mean, I think that's pretty crystal clear, which means Philly would probably want to trade him. Uh, second seems a pretty high for, for Zach Ertz for me, but I understand the Jags are desperate. Yeah, um, a second is a little rich for my blood as well. I, I think a third-round pick would be the most ideal scenario. Obviously, a fourth-round pick would be fantastic. But I, th- I think a third-round pick uh, would be fair for both sides. You know, as I look at the numbers – as I look at the game started, only you know played in 11 games last year, 15 games the previous season, then 16 a full schedule in 2018. You know it, it just it all depends how much this guy's got left in the tank. Um, I think we saw last year a little bit with Zach Ertz when Dallas Goddard got hurt, where he was kind of relied to be on the you know to be the guy, but he couldn't produce like he wanted to. Now once again, how much of that falls on Carson Wentz literally and having the anomaly of a year that I think he had where it just wasn't the Carson Wentz that we're accustomed to seeing. So if you're a coach, I'm not sure if there's any Eagles ties there where they have the inside information on Zach Ertz. The biggest question comes down to is Zach Ertz performance last year based off him or is it based off Carson Wentz? If you can answer it's more on Carson Wentz than it was on Zach Ertz, then yeah, I say a third round draft pick all day. Um, no ands, ifs, buts about it. Regarding how this draft plays out once again, if Kyle Pitts somehow gets to you, then Zach Ertz will see you later. But if Zach Ertz is still there, you don't have Kyle Pitts and the third round picks at the table, why not? I appreciate the call and the questions and you listening, uh, Eric. Thanks uh, very much. You can do the same. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on social media, of course, at 904-362-9901 as well. Phone lines are always open, or at least 99% of the time. Uh, you know, I, I do think this, Austin, real quick on the Earth's front, or where the chart says for value and points, this is where the Jags, I really don't mind if they want to go give away a couple of picks, just make them like a mid-rounder and, and like a fifth or sixth rounder, whatever it is, throw a couple at them because the Eagles might want that because they need to kind of rebuild that roster a little bit and kind of turn it over. And so it makes a little bit more sense for them. The Jags have so many draft picks these last couple of years. You're going to be cutting those guys anyway. You're going to be cutting some of the draft picks. Now, I understand from an organizational point of view, hey, Brent, do you want five lottery tickets or do you want 11 lottery tickets? Yeah, I get it. But still, I, I just, what's the likelihood you're hitting the lottery versus the likelihood you're wasting a pick? And so yeah. I'll take the Zach Ertz for giving up a couple of mid-round type of selections that, that might not factor in um, as, as much as, say, a second-rounder or a third-rounder. I think that's where the Jags could get creative, being more of a driver's seat position, depending on which teams they want to dance with. I, I've had this question the last couple of days. So I really want to get to it. We talked Sean Wade a little bit yesterday. We talked Marvin Wilson. They went back to school, and they hurt their draft stock in a major way, like out of the first round. I mean, we're not talking like dropping 10 picks. Out of the first round kind of picks, and maybe even beyond, like a big drop. There are guys like Jamar Chase who opted out, Penny Sewell opted out. They're going to still go. I don't see many red flags, although I wonder, given next to Devontae Smith and what he did, Waddle, uh, and because of his reputation, although he kind of fits in this category too because he got hurt, and, and Kyle Pitts and what he did, I wonder if picking any of those guys, you drop a guy like Jamar Chase more to the back of that group because he didn't play. How much will guys get hurt in this draft, not the way they're being mocked, the way they're going to be picked because they opted out, Austin? 
Do you think that's a red flag and a concern for teams? You, you mean like actually hurt themselves in, in terms of like a f- physical sense, like sustain an injury? No, no. I, I mean hurt themselves being drafted. Uh, like uh, they were going to be picked eighth, but they dropped to 18th. Be- because they chose to stay another year, essentially. And not play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But opt out, of, the, opt out of, of college that year. And so, like the Farley kid. You know, yeah, we didn't, yeah, we didn't yeah. see him play. I mean, so is he a little bit out of sight, out of mind? Did you get enough tape? You have no recent bias? Like, you, you're now just going off two years? I mean, the kid hasn't played football in two years. Sure. Yeah, I get what you're saying here. Um, you know, I think with in terms of, you know, NFL, I don't want to say NFL, but in terms of, like, football training programs, like during an off season or during a time that you're not on a team, They've come such a long way with the technology and all that stuff where if you get drafted in a certain spot and you haven't played in a while, like from the standpoint of will it hurt your game, I don't think so. I think those guys can be ready to go. Now, from the terms of not playing a college season, choosing to sit out, and then having some other guys maybe in your same position group from different schools come up a little bit, well, yeah, that's kind of on you. You know, like I think Sewell, regardless of what he did, you saw enough. Um you you go by word of mouth. You, you go by what you see on film. This guy sticks out above the rest. I think if Kyle Pitts would do the same thing, obviously Kyle Pitts could do the same thing. To me, it's about like positions, you know. And it's it's such a there's such a gray line here, Brent. Because I could say edge rusher. I could say if an edge rusher chooses, let's, let's say okay, let's say going in this uh, up and coming season. Let's say we're still going through a pandemic, and let's say this up and coming season, you have an edge rusher last year who maybe had eleven or twelve sacks, which is really good in, in at the college ranks. And let's say that he chooses to sit out um, for the up and coming year, and then he's gonna go to the NFL draft. Okay, well let's say during that time, three or four other guys get double digit sacks on other teams. Well. You're still going to remember that guy that two years ago that had that great season, but now, the, and once again, we're going off numbers here. The numbers say, well, geez, there's three or four guys here that are really good. Let's take more looks at these guys. Like, to me, it's what have you done for me lately in terms of the competition. Now, offensive tackle, it's different because you don't have stats to go off of, right? I think, um, you know, like, I think sometimes defensive linemen can get away with it because defensive linemen in terms of defensive tackles like, yeah if you have sacks that's great but you're looking more for how explosive is this guy how good are his hands it's not the end all be all if you don't have 10 sacks a season as a defensive tackle so there's different positions where i feel like you can get away with it more than others yeah that makes some sense to me uh you know like a guy like jalen twyman right you're just talking about defensive tackle uh he opted out obviously rondell moore uh we said penny sewell jamar chase uh, you know, I guess in this exercise, it really feels like the guys that are more impacted are the guys that went back. You know, yeah. I mean, again, Sean Wade had a chance to sit out, and I think he would probably be a top 15 pick. Yeah, he'd probably be a top 20 pick at worst. I think Marvin Wilson does not play college football last year. Does not go back for the first year of, of the Mike Norvell era. And he's maybe a top 10 pick, although the way the quarterbacks are sliding up, probably a top 15 pick. No, And I, these guys yeah. lost tremendous value. So I guess in my question, like I thought maybe some of the – I feel like the front office, I would be, if I'm picking something in, in this draft and I have not seen that person play football in over a year, that's concerning to me. Um, I it, it feels like, oh, gosh, okay, he hasn't been playing. Like, is he going to be rusty? Is he going to be this? 
Okay, he's healthy. Well, that's a good thing. But that, to me, is my first instinct. But at the end of the day, if you look at some of the guys that are going to be picked high and some of the ones that opted out, given the circumstances, I actually think the Wades and the Wilsons, guys that went back to play, hurt themselves way more than the guys that opted out. So I think they hurt themselves, obviously, financially. Um, because you're talking about maybe some first-rounders now. They're out of the first round, so you're talking millions and millions of dollars. So they hurt themselves financially. But at the same time, if you take a Wade or a Wilson from one year to another year, it's not like their skill set just fell off and all of a sudden they're bad football players now. Like, to me, they're still the same football players. Now, maybe there's injuries. Maybe there's something else that's not getting them their best potential, per se. But they're still the person that they were the year prior. And I think of, like, a Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert could have came out, you know, literally a year earlier and probably have been fine. But Justin Herbert chose to go back to Oregon, chose to play another season, you know, had that Rose Bowl win, led his team to a victory, and had a pretty good year. Now, it wasn't a great year. No one was saying, oh, Justin Justin Herbert came back, he's number one. No, nobody was saying that because, obviously, Joe Burrow came along. Yeah, true. But I think Justin Herbert did himself actually a service by saying, hey, I'm coming back another year, more experience, more time to get comfortable at at the quarterback position. And then what happens? He finds himself in the most perfect situation in L.A. right now with a high-powered offense, great receivers, and just, I think, a great situation to be in. So, like, one could say, well, Justin Justin Herbert might have hurt himself a little bit because he probably went higher than what he was going to go if he didn't go out last year. But at the same time, he's in the perfect case. The same thing could possibly be said for Wade or Marvin Wilson where it's like, all right, maybe you missed out on a couple million bucks here or there, but maybe you're more confident, maybe you're more seasoned now, and you're going to find yourself in a better situation where you can shine. I really like what you just did there. I I, I, I like that. That's and this goes back to the conversation I had yesterday a little bit more. And this is where I think I lean this way. I think Sean Wade and Marvin Wilson have dropped so significantly, at least in the mock drafts. Now we'll see if they get drafted higher than, than the mock drafts are going. But if the mock drafts are even in the same zip code, those guys have dropped so significantly, Austin, that you're right, they're costing themselves a bunch of money. Yeah. But I also said yesterday, I think those guys are going to present a ton of value for teams picking in that second, third round, wherever they might land. I think Marvin Wilson's a good player. I think Sean Wade's a really good player. And so I think teams are going to benefit from them going back and maybe having disappointing senior seasons. I'm okay, everybody, but there is a fire truck uh, on the way out here. So uh, the... That's a great call, too. And I know Herbert didn't like drop down to like number 22, but it's a great call in terms of what they did. In terms, He was looked at. He's like, why didn't he come out? He goes back. He didn't even have this like unbelievable year when he came back, but he turns into a guy who's more seasoned, experienced, mature, all those things that check the boxes to present him with a year like he had last year, undoubtedly the rookie of the year in the NFL. I really like your call well, there. And yeah. I think I just I, – I really look at guys like Wade and Wilson, and I'm telling you, man, let's talk about him again in two, three years, and I guarantee you whoever took him is going to tr- end up with a – ton of value on those guys well and that's the thing from their perspective too is there some sort of you know disappointment because you're probably not going to be a first rounder and make that first round money well who wouldn't be disappointed for not making a couple million dollars absolutely like, anybody's going to be disappointed for that and i'm sure there's gonna be some second guessing as well but when you look at the, the positives of it and you look at the the pros of it listen 
you got another year in college. You got another year to learn and get better. And, yeah, I get it. That first-round contract, it's great. That signing bonus is great. But you know what's better? And and you know what the real deal is? Signing your second contract. When when you're one of the best players at your position. Signing that second contract laughs all over that rookie contract. So that's what they should be focused on now going forward. No doubt about it. I, I think it's a great point. I love you, Herbert. Uh, I, I think if I was their agents, if I'm their parents, if I'm in their camp, I'm like, look at that, right, the, Herbert. And, and there are other examples. But that's an example of what you did. He, even if you didn't play your best, it's going to pay off for you. Um, and, and, again, Herbert's a little bit different because he's picked in the top ten anyway. But I'm talking performance. Forget about where you're picked, how much money you're making. I'm talking performance. And sometimes maturity and uh, in, in the experiences and the chip on your shoulder that you create because of it really will pay dividends down the road. I, I'm with you here, man. I think, uh, again, I want to have this conversation. I might be dead wrong. Uh, but Wade and Wilson are two of the guys that I want to keep an eye on a couple years down the road and see how they are doing. Uh, happy hour horn time here on a Wednesday, last day of March, 5 o'clock hour on the road from Smoothie King down in Durban. Let's hit it. Taste the islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave. From Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. It's a celebration. Vida Check it out. Blanco and Yeho Reposado. Taste of the islands in every drop. Locally owned tequila. All the way from Tequila, Mexico to Jacksonville Beach. Check them out at VidaDeLouis.com. Taste of the islands in every drop. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Major League Baseball opening day tomorrow. Well, we better make some predictions, Austin Let's Lane. Get it. How are your Brewers going to be? My Red Sox are still in the middle of the pack. I mean, what happened? I thought we were supposed to spend more money than anybody else, and then we pull the Babe Ruth trade and get rid of Mookie Betts, and now we're nothing. We're just nothing. I mean, the, the Rays are a bigger thing. The Blue Jays are a bigger thing. The Mets are bigger than the Red. What are we doing, yeah, Boston? Yeah, Brent. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. Condolences. I got to root for something. Who's going to win the MVP? Who's going to win the Cy Young? Oh, the predictions. Leadoff hitter of the year. The Austin leadoff lead hitter of the year. The only station in the country that does leadoff hitter of the year. Let's go. We're giving it to him. Let's go. We should send whoever does win it a trophy or at least one of these Shock Your Mock shirts. I like it. Well, hey, we'll be back. Aaron Hicks, let's go, man. Come get yours right now. Yeah. <laughs> no Yankees can be picked. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? Do you you want $100,000, extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. (laughs) Politics. We'll get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I love the analytics. And uh, the the problem is, uh, what are the applications from the analytics that uh, is going to help you be a better player and going to help you be a... Um, a better team. And so if you go overboard on anything, uh, my dad used to say all things in moderation. You're getting a whole lot more data, and then you got to ask yourself, well, what is our competitive advantage with this data? And, and I think a lot of the math guys are looking at things and trying to find trends and then trying to, to put that into application for teaching. And I'm a little concerned about that. When you start to teach to the analytics, there's still an art and an understanding. And no, no two players in the big leagues hit exactly the same. Their swing path is not the same. Their strength is not the same. 
their exit below is an indication of uh, their potential and how hard they hit the ball, ball off the bat. But in my day, I, you sit around the cage and go, man, that, that sound is different when this guy hits the ball as opposed to somebody else, which is a different way of just saying that the ball comes off his bat faster. Mm. Man. That's a former player in my day. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt a little Cal Ripken-like. But I don't think... I just, where would Cal Ripken be talking? Um, it's going to be some kind of John Crook. Nah, that wasn't Crook. I'm shooting the Crook down. <laughs> Was that hey, John Crook? Wait, no, waiting, no. On your, waiting on your idea. Uh, I'm going to go with... Dale Murphy. No, it wasn't Daniel Murphy. I said Dale Murphy. It wasn't Dale Earnhardt Murphy. No, it wasn't him. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you say? That was... Shooting that down right now. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Dang it, I had it. Oh, That's man, I had points. it. That's almost minus points. Oh, you Brett. You took yourself oh, away from it. God. That's, that's almost minus points for that one. He was that on. He was on uh, that's satisfying. He was that's on good. Greeny two days ago. That's good stuff Son right there. Son of a gun. I had it. I, I knew it. I, I knew just got it. a new sense of motivation for my workout tonight. I love it. Yep. Damn. All right, who's keeping tabs on the MLB predictions? Somebody's got to write it down. I can't write it down. <laughs> what do you mean you can't write it down? I mean, I'm drinking a smoothie here at Smoothie King. I'm, I'm trying to look things up. I don't have a computer in front of me. i got to remember who even plays in the American League West. Sure. <laughs> Fine. All right. I'll write it down. Hang on. Let me get Because you got like 10 different just random sheets of scratch paper just hanging out. All right. Give me a second. <laughs> By the way, while we have this I'm second, gonna, uh, go to ESPN690.com. Uh, and uh, vote for our Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Honda the Avenues. You can do that. Nominees are up, and uh, go vote. Might be a baseball player in there, a softball player in there, I think a lacrosse player in there, too. Uh, so go vote, ESPN690.com. You ready? I'm, I'm going to use Kuz's wedding invitations, because we're not, I mean, useless <laughs> now, so we're good. Right Wait, here. those might be the new invitations. Uh, uh, this is a thick thing of paper. You guys didn't spare any expenses when it came to invitations. Uh, listen, I didn't have anything to do with that. I bet, so. you, didn't. I, I, I bet you didn't, playboy. Let's get it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's start. Let's rip through this, okay? Uh, we begin in the American League, because sure. that's how I always read the paper, American League first. All right. Just do all things that you want to do. Let's get it. And uh, who reads the paper anymore, anyway? Sorry to all my friends. But uh, Major League Baseball Ouch. season starts tomorrow. Now, the answer to that is nobody reads the paper anymore, but hopefully you can find <laughs> them online. Ouch, Brent. Dang, man. Uh, the... American League, man, I want to try so hard to not put the Yankees in it, but I also have to be right. The Yankees are absolutely loaded. They went and got Jamison Tyon. They got Corey Kluber to go along with last year's big get of uh, Garrett Cole. Their pitching, I always have thought, was a big concern, and I'm going with the Yankees. I, I'm not. I'm going to say they choke at the end, but I'm going with the Yankees to win the AL East uh, because I think they could like play – C-level baseball with that roster and still win the AL East. Yep, I got the Yankees as well. Okay, Pretty, uh, yeah. we're both there. We go to the American League Central, and this is a good one now. The White Sox are supposed to be good. The Indians have been good, but they're, they're kind of in like a reshuffle mode. And can the Twins keep it up? White Sox had a big injury already this season. I'm going to say their time isn't yet, and my man Rocco continues to get it done. Baldelli. 
manager of the year already. Uh, Minnesota Twins win the Central. What a homer. I'm taking – let's write this down real quick. I am taking the White Sox. I think the White Sox showed a little bit of what it could be last year, and I think they make good on it this year. I got the White Sox winning the AL Central. Hope you heard that, Dillison. Shout out to the, not Austin shout Lane. Out to the Southsiders. What, he's not a, oh, he's, yeah, sorry, he's a Twins fan. Yeah. Uh, the, the West took a chance last year, went with the Angels. They disappointed in a mighty way. <laughs> the Astros, are they still the team to beat? The A's always pull something out of there. You know what? Uh, I'm going with the Astros. Me too, man. Yeah, I think the Astros are just too good. Yeah, sometimes they cheat, but if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> so I like the effort. Be, I like the Astros. Hey, way, I'd be all for the Jags cheating if it turns into wins. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'll put up with all that. You can hate us, well, everybody. Let's would, find out five years after they win the Lombardi, though. S- some would say starting Mike Lennon over Gardner Minshew was indeed cheating. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't Maybe say that. they did. Hey, I didn't say that. I'm just saying people out there could say that. That's a really good point. Yeah. All right, uh, you got a couple wild card teams in the AL. Yeah, I'll go if you want. We're going two of them, right? Hopefully. Two of them. Yeah. Thank God. All right. So I got the Angels. Like I think. Listen, I think this is the year the Angels actually make some noise. They they make the playoffs. So give me the Angels and give me your boy Rocco Bedelli. So hey, Dilla, send me a, a a hat as well. And by the way, I couldn't even pronounce Rocco's name right. I'm sure you heard that man. I said Bedelli because I'm not sure how you pronounce it. So Ball Angels Dally. and Twins. Yes. Ball Belly. Angels and Twins. Uh. This is tough now because you got the Rays and I think the Blue Jays, I think the White Sox, and I do think the Angels are have a chance with the A's to be good. Man, it's a lot of teams. Uh, I'm going with the Blue Jays. I think their time is now super loaded, man. Uh, and I'm going to stay away from the White Sox, and I'm going to give the Angels another swing here and make the playoffs. So I'm going Angels and Blue Jays as my okay. two wild card teams. Okay. Uh, uh, your MVP and Cy Young winners, because we did that last year. That was, this is your idea, by the way. So I know. Uh, let's make it on that. MVP, how about this, man? Otani for the Angels. Had an unbelievable spring. He's got Mike Trout on the same team, but I'm going to go with a long shot here. Like, if I can play this in Vegas, I'm going to win big if okay. he does get it done. Otani, two-way player. His bat's alive. He's now settled in. Let's let's see if he can bring it and bring it big in the AL. I'm going to go with him as the MVP. You ready for this one? And 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 this is your you know this is your out there kind of bet. But I'm just saying, this year, Brent, we read about MLB teams. Who seems to be like the Cincinnati Reds of last year? Like who who's got some hype right now, saying that they could go to the playoffs, even though we haven't heard from them in a while in terms of making a playoff run. If you're to name one team. Well, I, I would you, say you, that... You mentioned them before. I'd say the Blue Jays. Boom! Nailed it. If the Blue Jays are going to do good this year, who do they need to have a big, big, big time season? Guerrero. Yes, sir. Give me Vlad Guerrero And Jr. he lost a lot of weight, you know. Yeah, and obviously that that can make a big difference in, in anything in life. It, it, just, <laughs> it just gives you a new lease on life. It does. It puts you in a better mood sometimes. So give me Vlad Guerrero Jr. Okay. Uh, how about Cy Young? Uh, I have chalk all day, Garrett Cole. <laughs> yeah, I you know it's. I'll tell you this: the the National League Cy Young is a really good one to to argue back and forth on. The American League is a lot more difficult. Like Cole could walk away with this. He's got to be. I don't know what the Vegas are, odds are, but he's got to be a big time favorite. Yeah, I I'm hope gonna so. go with outside the box anyway, and I'm gonna take Tyler Glasnow 
with the with the Rays. Okay. They're not going to make the playoffs or anything, but he's going to have a big season, and that's doable with the Cy Young. You can win it if he has a big season. Uh, I'm going to take him over Cole because Cole's a Yankee. All right. Fair enough. Um, we go to the NL. This is going along swimmingly, by the way, so far. Uh, in the NL, Oof, the East. To win the East, the Braves, the Mets, the Nationals all have a chance. Mm-hmm. The Mets are so much improved, but they just seem like they're the Mets. It's the Mets, right? Yep, we're on the same page. But I'm going to say... In 2021, it comes together for the Mets, oh, wow. and the Mets win the East. Oh, wow. All right. Got you down for the Mets. I'm taking the Braves. I think the yeah. Braves showed something last year. Um, there's unfinished business, to say the least. I think they improve on it. I think they're hungry. Give me the Braves. Uh, this is a division of futility at times, the Central. Yeah. You can win this one with about 83 wins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you can. There is not a great team in the Central. Careful. The Cardinals have a winning pedigree. The Cubs have some big names. The Pirates are absolutely awful and can't even be considered. No, no. Uh, Who are they? No. In your brew crew, I just feel like they missed their window. It's your opinion? Uh, Yelich, though, has to be better than he was last year. Correct. Gosh, I want to do this just for my father-in-law and pick the Reds. Oh, we're we're, we're, we're doing the Reds again. We're doing the Reds again. I, I can't. Did we put that to enough. bed? What did I say? The Reds are always going to be the Reds. Yeah, okay. They're just, they're just not good enough. Uh, I'm going to say the Cubs surprise, and they beat out the Cardinals. Gross. Absolutely gross. Oh, by the way, I uh, go to Colhane's Irish Pub tomorrow, two o'clock. Uh, Cubs open up, and that's the that's a Cubs watch party there uh, over there at Colhane's Irish. Oh, Pub. they got a Cubs, Cubs watch party over there. Yeah, right, I'm calling the cops on them. Noise ordinance. <laughs> Can't wait. Shutting that down real quick. It's, it's Brew Crew, baby. Uh, you know who I'm taking? Brewers. You know, Hater coming back. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Christian Yelich, do do better, right? So I don't have to have a, a heart attack like last year and then go on this big tirade about how you and Giannis are breaking my heart. I like the Brewers. Yeah, by the way, a great story on Rasmussen today. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but I tweeted it out. Uh, Will Salmon wrote it. Um, I'll give you the credentials for The Athletic if you want to read it, but it's a really good story. <laughs> I'm going to need those. <laughs> In the West. All right, folks, I'm not going chalk here. The Dodgers look like the 1927 Yankees. Mm-hmm. Everybody's taking the Dodgers. The Dodgers, I know again, it's for you. much like the, the the Yankees, can probably play C-level ball and, and, and get the playoffs. But I think the Padres are coming, man. I knew it. I, I think the Padres are building this thing. The Padres, people don't want to pick the Padres because they're the Padres. Exactly. But the Padres are good. Like, they're legit. They're like a legit 100-win team. The problem is the Dodgers might be a 112-win team. But I'm going with the Padres. I understand the Padres had the best, you know, offseason of any MLB team. I get that. A lot of firepower. I think the Dodgers are the more complete team top to bottom. And at the end of the day, I don't pick the Reds because they're the Reds, and I don't pick the Padres because they're the Padres. So give me the Dodgers. Okay, I'm going to take the Dodgers as a wild card and the Braves as a wild card. All right. Uh, Let me hang on. You're asking a lot of me right now. So Braves and the Dodgers? Yeah. All right. I will be taking – let's see here. I had – the Padres and the Cardinals. Okay. That must pain you to pick the Cardinals. It picks me to pick both the Padres. and the, Actually, I mean, I'm kind of rooting for the Padres just because they are the Padres. But, yeah, the Cardinals really hurt me deep. But at least it's not the Cubs. All right. So then 
What do you go, Cy Young and MVP? I'm going Acuna for MVP, and I'm going Chalk with DeGrom for Cy Young. Ah, oh, man, I was going. You know DeGrom hit like 102 and a half miles an hour in spring training? I know. Did you see that? I did. He's That's already why, unbelievable. That's why I picked him. <laughs> I mean, he's already incredible. Yeah. And now he's got an offense that might score more than a run a game for yep. him. I, I got to go DeGrom, too, until he shows me something different, although... I mean, you can, what's his name out in L.A.? I mean, I go, what's his name, what's his name, and what's his name out in L.A. if you really want to pick a yeah. Cy Young? Um, and then MVP, I'm going Juan Soto. Can he put up enough numbers to impress so much, even if they don't make the playoffs? That's tricky, but I'm going Juan Soto. All right. And last but not least, the month that everyone's been waiting for, leadoff hitter Cole. of the Year. Colton Wong, Milwaukee Brewers, having a great <laughs> spring training. Um, he's he's the real deal. Tim Kirch will be talking about him in the next couple weeks or so, trying to steal from me. But leadoff player of the year, put it down, put all the mortgage on it. Don't really do that, but Colton Wong. I'm assuming Mookie Betts is hitting number one for the Dodgers again. Never heard of him. <laughs> Mookie Colton Wong. Leadoff hitter of the year award. Colton the Wong, only baby. place that gives off a leadoff hitter of the year award. Colton right Wong, here. Come collect it right now. I got it waiting for you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Why did you make a Babe Ruth trade again, the Red Sox? Why did you get rid of Mookie Betts? Now you're no fun. The Red Sox stink. I don't even care about the Sox this year. Mm. But it should be a heck of a baseball season. It all starts tomorrow. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Imagine that Steph Curry, Justin Tucker, and Justin Verlander all exist in a total vacuum. They don't get tired, and they're the only person in their respective places. Steph has to make 100 straight free throws. Tucker has to make 100 straight 40-yard field goals off a tee. And Verlander has to throw 100 straight strikes in the average size strike zone at any speed he wants. You got to pick one. Who's it going to be? That's off TikTok, and we haven't started ESPN 690 on TikTok yet, just yeah. yet, but it's coming soon. You better believe Because it. you get quality stuff like that. I mean, Kuz, what's up, man? Like, you found this? You, you listen to ASMR? You're all over the place right now in terms of crazy, theoretically yeah. questioned stuff. All, all about the hypotheticals. Yeah. So, hey, 100, this is all consecutive, or who gets there first? No, it, it's who, uh, which one are you more confident it'll happen? Yep. And that, that in a row, right? Yes. No consecutive. Yes, and they consecutive. don't get tired. And they can't get tired. So it's more just if one of them potentially misses. This is a great question. I do like it, but I think it's a no-brainer. Is it? I feel like it's a no-brainer, too. I feel like it's a no-brainer, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> what are you... Who's going to go first? <laughs> what do you I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I think it's Justin Tucker. Wow. Absolutely wrong. I think Absolutely Tucker, unequivocally I think, wrong. I think Tucker is going to hit 140-yard uh, field goals in a row, no problem, and won't get tired out. No. You're, you're, th- that's wrong because you're not you taking see. the weather into account. You're not taking – you got to take everything into account. What the hell? I mean, is Steph Curry going to have a moving rim in this well, this, see, this I, I, th- I think it's Steph Curry because he's actually done this before, like in consecutive games – He's gone 100 free throws in a row. So I think Curry's the one to go with. Is it free, free, free throws or threes? Free, free. Oh, I thought it was threes. I had a, um, I thought the, the I didn't even listen to that part. I just thought Steph Curry three-pointers. <laughs> no, 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 free throw. Oh, uh, that does change it a little bit. You, you guys are so wrong on both ends. Who Who works more on their craft than a pitcher throwing a ball? 
All Verlander has to do is play catch a hundred times. But he has to throw a strike if it's slightly out. But he's been doing this his entire life. And that could also be up to the discretion of the ump there. I mean, maybe the strike zone changes a little bit. You're playing catch for a hundred (laughs) times. And you're Justin Verlander. You've been doing it your entire life. And Mm -hmm. he works on this skill set every single day. How many kicks does Justin Tucker kick a day? I don't know. Maybe... 30, 40? How many times does Steph shoot free throws? Well, what, so, to, to me, Steph's the outlaw. I mean, Steph's the yeah. close one. Justin Tucker, get him out of here. Not even the discussion, Brent. I think you're wrong. I mean, Justin Tucker career uh, field goal stats. I'm going to look him up. I guarantee he like, hasn't even missed from 40 yards. The guy's unbelievable. I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, we really should have did some homework. <laughs> nah, this isn't a homework kind of topic. I, I think feel like it is. From forty to forty-nine, he's eighty-seven out of ninety-six in his career. From thirty to thirty-nine, he's eighty-six out of nine, eighty-nine. Missing. Yeah, there's yeah, a but, missing. Like, but, but you're not there's asking missing. me like it has to be in a game, right? I mean, That's you're just true. Talking about lining it up. Lining yeah. it up. Hey, I think it's Justin Verlander's playing catch. I don't. I think Justin. I think Verlander's the third one here. You're, I don't think he's throwing 100 strikes in a row. You're you're out of your. But they don't have to be that fast. It just have to be strikes. It. You're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> well, I am usually. You're out of your mind. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, the Seth Curry. I think we can both agree on. You can probably do that. I right? wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Steph Curry, I thought you'd been threes, and I was like, he's going to miss. And I know he can make a lot in a row, but I'd still put my money on Tucker. But the right, fact that gonna... you have to be fatigued, though. You can't say you can't be fatigued. It's got something to do with it. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, probably. It's not like this thing really matters, so. I know. I like the topic, though. It's fun. Good yeah. job, Coos, finding that one to finish the show. From Smoothie King down here in Durban, go check out ESPN690.com. You get a free smoothie if you buy the Dream 18 card. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock on ESPN690. For Austin Lane, Coos, I'm Brent Martineau. Have a good night. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thank you.